if I don't feel like what I'm making will change lives, right? it's going to fall flat. My teachers told me, like, if I don't feel like there is a purpose to what I'm doing, then I'm not going to be doing it. My name is Wes Gibbons, and welcome back to the Tungsten Originals podcast. You just heard part of my conversation with Jake Redmond. Jake is in pre-production for his senior thesis film, Carrots, which is about a teacher force-feeding her young student, Baby Carrots. We discussed his journey into filmmaking, a hard decision he had to make about this film, and the true story that inspired this script. There's a link to Jake's fundraising campaign in the description of this episode. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy. Episode 49 of the Tungsten Originals podcast. Jake, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. How's it going? Uh, it's going good. My eyes are already watering from the amount of laughter that we've had before this conversation. <laughs> I'm very glad. I think that's a good sign. Yeah, no, I it's, it's good always sign. good. Uh, this is a long anticipated by us episode i don't know if by anyone else no it's it's just been us like we've we've been you you'll come to me and say hey when you coming on and i said i don't know and then i always say that i'm going to uh botch it um (laughs) yeah like in a way that will totally destroy this whole whole (laughs) podcast career that you're trying to build um you know and i look forward to watching that happen yeah we just go back and forth like that exactly it's just perfect exactly just perfect we met in Directing actors. We did. I didn't know who you were at all before then. Some people in that class I'd like seen around campus, but somehow I just totally missed you. (laughs) But we met in directing actors and you are here to talk about your senior thesis film, Carrots. Um, But before we get into the crazy, wacky, maybe traumatic film that is Carrots, um, I want to talk about you and how you ended up in this chair right in front of me in this very room. So you are from a state that is often misrepresented, such as mine, the great state of Oklahoma. Yes. The old okay state. Yes. Does anyone call it that? Uh, Dumb some, people, annoying yeah, some, people. Sometimes people call it okay. Um, yeah. I always say that where I'm from, which is Tulsa, Oklahoma, yeah. I always say that it's the the city that people drive through. Right. They don't stay exactly when yeah it's a truck stop town yeah i i yeah. hear i'll hear like in movies because it comes up often because we're, right. we're on route 66 mm. so I you'll hear that. you'll hear like people say hey i'm going through tulsa but you never say hey i'm ending up in tulsa <laughs> so you, you know i desire to stay in tulsa <laughs> i desire to stay in tulsa it, it it's it doesn't it it doesn't ring off right uh, come off the tongue very well yeah, exactly yeah. Something that I quickly learned about you in directing actors is that you are a huge movie buff. Foreign film, American film, you know it all. Mm-hmm. So I want to talk about how... Some like, might say a know-it-all. <laughs> <laughs> well, as we've discussed, at the very beginning, I thought the same thing. Yes. <laughs> but then I learned who you are, and everything changed. Um, so when did you become obsessed with movies? Were you just a naturally creative child? Like, is your family creative? Yeah, which which kind of pissed off my dad a little bit because he's he's more the 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 smart businessman right um, okay. type, whereas my mom was the more creative art teacher. Um, oh yeah, your mom's also a teacher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so uh, all my sisters, all my siblings, and I, we we're all very artistic, and okay. we we were taught that from a very young age. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I would say that drawing 
has uh, I've done drawing yeah. since I, I I could I could even draw a line or, right. or even hold a pencil. Yeah. Um and it kind of it, it built from there and it started with and I think a lot of people have this cuz I hear it a lot is um I wanted to be an animator. Hmm. I wanted to um When did you know that you wanted to be an animator? Or when it, did you it, it was, was that on your it was radar? it was like probably around like 2000 2007 or something okay, like that because gotcha. like i i'd been watching movies forever and my mother's yeah. a huge movie buff so she would have us watch all kinds of movies and i i just kind of fell in love with animated movies just because of how beautiful they were and yeah. i was like i want to do stuff like that what I were some of the animated movies that inspired you um it was a lot of pixar yeah um pixar was a big influence on me and I think around that time, that was 2007, that would have been like Up. Oh, right. Yeah, those those kinds of films were coming out around that time, and I was like, wow, I really have to, I, I really want to be doing stuff like this. So mm -hmm. my mother bought me prototype software that Pixar used back in like the 90s. Not Whoa. like, it, 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 it's like inexpensive because of right. how bad it is. <laughs> um, and I realized very early on uh, that I hate animating <laughs> really yeah because like the actual process of yeah, yeah my because okay. my brain I, I is it just it bounces and mm -hmm. i can't um i can't stay like like i can't meticulously do yeah. something over and over again i always say that tedious work is always something that i can't do if you yeah, give me a that. straightforward job i'll do it if it's a creative job i might find small little facets but mm -hmm. for the most part if you if you're giving me a job to pick up every single grain of sand in a <laughs> bin for some stupid reason, uh, I will tell you to uh, go fuck yourself because <laughs> yeah. I won't be able to do it. But right, um, was that um, sad to find out that you didn't like it, or was no, it just like, yeah, okay? It it wasn't really sad because I I was still the the art of it for me. I started to realize was more in the story. Hmm. So I I would like even though I couldn't animate mm -hmm. I, I i just didn't have the attention span to animate i was still telling stories mm -hmm. um i would be in my room with the lego minifigures yeah um i i loved those more than the bricks i oh, really okay. yeah i would i would buy lego sets specifically for the minifigures oh cool which to my parents probably sucked <laughs> because those nowadays yeah. those things cost a fortune yeah but yeah, I would ha I had I have like I think my my collection of them is like around a hundred little oh, wow. minifigures, and my friend Max and I we would have uh, sleepovers and we would play with like Bionicles, mm -hmm. Lego minifigures. If we were at my my house, because um, my sisters were getting to that age, uh, we would even play with Barbies, mm -hmm. and we'd just play these like epic world, not not even like having a whole grasp of what what we were making we were just mm -hmm. like creating these characters and building these worlds and they would be very much like game of thrones where just people would die <laughs> and i would always get so pissed because it was yeah. always my and then everyone would go on twitter and get mad about it oh yeah <laughs> well i was that i was the twitter i because because <laughs> that's for, the quote for this episode i was the twitter i was the twitter for some <laughs> reason none of his characters would die <laughs> But my characters were completely expendable. Right. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> but it 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 helped me build this thing where I would be by myself in my room, and I would literally 
have all 50 of these people that all still to this day I can remember all of their character traits and who they are in the the Lego community. I have a gay couple that goes to brunch with the, these people who used to be uh, criminal masterminds, but gave it up because they got too old. So now they they have brunch with the the wow the the gay couple. That's my favorite Hallmark movie. Yeah, uh, <laughs> minifigure gay couple. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's really straightforward. Tyler, you thought that they would have come up with something different. But... Yeah, but they they saw what they had and they were like, ah, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's what it is. So. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, it was uh, it kind of started from there, and mm -hmm. I think like if anybody was a fly on the wall in that room, they would probably have been like, holy shit, this kid is demented. And also <laughs> this kid really likes telling stories. Right. Cause it, I, I would, I would even without knowing it, make these like journeys, these arcs, mm. because like I'd been watching films for so long, like the, right. the, it's just like subconsciously in you at a certain point. Cause right. we're all storytellers at, at the end of the day. Like mm -hmm. if you're telling a joke um, or if you're telling how your day is, you're, you're telling it, not necessarily the most objectively because you're telling mm -hmm. it the way you're telling it the the core of that idea i think like some people will kind of go with it because some yeah. people will get really inspired to like continue to tell stories right you said that you're it's like your mom's a huge movie buff and she you grew up with her showing you movies so when did you start seeking out movies yourself i didn't start like picking out movies until i was probably maybe in the seventh grade and the the only movie I chose, and I'll and I'll get to it in a little bit. Mm. I remember seeing Close Encounters of the Third Kind right. for the first time, and that was a really huge moment for me because it was like just this awe inspiring film, and I was mm. like, I want to do something like that. Mm. And I didn't know what it was. Right. I didn't. I I couldn't put it into words. Like I was like, I just want to. I want to be able to make something that makes me feel that way. Right. I started making some films. I I want to say around. Yeah, the fifth grade. Hmm. Um, I made this my my first my first debut short. Um, that got into Sundance. Yeah, I got into Sundance. A real Orson Welles. Yeah, yeah it was really <laughs> it was really a crazy experience. But yeah. it, um, the the film was called Gotcha, <laughs> um, and it was a zombie flick. Oh, wow. that's a perfect name. Oh, it. But it, the film is total cringe for two reasons. One, um, it, it's all shot in one take on mm. with a hyperactive kid in the mm -hmm. fifth grade. So the camera is shaking. It's all, I remember I showed it in my fifth grade class and I, um, yeah. my, my teacher was like, uh, this makes me feel like the Blair Witch Project. I'm going to be sick. Oh, and my I, gosh. And I, I didn't know what the Blair Witch Project was, but right. I she said it's making me sick. And I was like, no, it isn't. It's <laughs> it's awesome. This is art. And then the other reason was because I casted my cousins um, mm. a, as a relationship, and I think that really um, really doesn't show the state of Oklahoma any sort of good <laughs> grace. Um, yeah, it, that's it, fair. Yeah, I, it would be like yeah. if 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 you did your cousins exactly. in Mississippi, yeah. and it's like they're like not helping out the cause. Yeah, here. not help, helping out the cause <laughs> at all. Like I'm I'm trying to step away from that. Yeah, exactly. Um, those stereotypes, but I would say. A big break for me was I made a uh, an actual feature. Um, oh wow! Uh, that was called um, Total Drama. Citizen Kane. Oh, sorry. No, 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 <laughs> no, no. You're, it's 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 called Total Drama Barbie. Okay. Um, where I I took my my sister's Barbie dolls and made a three hour film. Um, 
that was ba- it, it wasn't even a film it's a re- it was a reality tv show i just made total drama island that's why it's called total drama barbie because <laughs> total drama island had just come out and my oh wow my friend max and i we were obsessed with that show because again it had a wide cast of characters and right. we and we we loved that in our and and doing our stories and that's what we would do all the time I, where did you so you when you're making these things like did you post them anywhere or was it just for you it was it was just for me and my family wow. i think we we only burned one on a cd mm. um and total drama barbie's lost in iMovie somewhere and right. we've been trying to retrieve it because i really oh, want to post that on my personal yeah personal youtube um and get a billion views <laughs> become the most viewed video on youtube yeah total drama bar- well it would be like the the live action remake of toy story you know it'd be it would right. be like groundbreaking yeah with my horribly high-pitched voice um <laughs> acting out all these all these barbies with one hand and holding the camera in the other hand <laughs> um i was an auteur that, that, yes, that's all i got to say yeah. what did you cut it in i yeah i cut it in iMovie right and okay cut is a strong word because i just drag and dropped yeah <laughs> that's yeah. why it's three hours if i if i probably went back and revised it, it'd probably be 15 minutes <laughs> and it's every take too oh yeah in order oh it is uh, and i did it over the course of that's like a amazing. month oh uh, wow um and because it would i would have to like wait for my sisters to get like bored with something else and like <laughs> grab all the barbies and then like have you're to, like i have a permit for this yeah no and i had to and i had to think of like okay what's the next challenge like what are they gonna oh, do wow and then i had to think of like who my characters were and who was yeah. gonna be eliminated um because i had i think like 24 barbies that wow. i was i i and each one had an individual character <laughs> and backstory and you could see like i i i really like character um, right. So obviously there were like seeds of a filmmaker there. Yeah. When does making this three hour movie transition into I want to go to film school and be a filmmaker? It transferred and then it was untransferred hmm. because I I was in film classes from like seventh to eighth grade. And I was like, yeah, no, I'm going to do this. And it was mm. it was because of the, the more influential film in my life. And the one that stands out for me was uh, The Dark Knight. I can specifically remember all of Heath Ledger's lines of, like, if I'm prompted to, like, if hmm. if, if somebody w- were to, like, cue me in, I could probably um, know all of his lines, like, perfectly. And maybe subconsciously, because of that film, there was a lot of research into filmmaking that I yeah. wasn't even aware of. Right. Because th- that was a lot what that was going on, because Tulsa itself is not a big film hub yeah there's not a lot of productions going on there Mm -hmm. there's there's not a lot of anything going on there (laughs) so like i i wasn't really thinking about a lot of those film aspects it got to a point where i was like i want to start making more movies but all of my friends didn't want to be in them Mm -hmm. and i couldn't find i i didn't know anybody outside of my school so i Mm -hmm. was like well, I guess that's that's useless. So I right. gave up on it, and, oh, huh. and yeah, I gave up on filmmaking and decided I was going to be. I I knew I was going to have to do something in the arts. Mm-hmm. I was shit at English, so I knew I wasn't going to be a writer. So the close the the next the next best thing was painting, um, and hmm. so I um, I I I learned not very well, but mm-hmm. I learned how to paint. I I specifically like doing watercolor because uh, of a. Uh, a painter by the name of Conrad Rosette, who's able to make these beautiful paintings uh, with acrylic, but it looked like watercolor. 
Um, and I, I tried to replicate that through high mm. school. And I, I still loved movies and I still loved yeah. going to going them and talking to them. I just wasn't able to really make any of them. So when does being a filmmaker loop back around? It loops back around junior year of, of high school. Okay. The year prior I had um I had made like my first short in a while. Mm-hmm. And it was because I was an angsty kid at this point. Um, it was the most pretentious piece of garbage. You can find it on my YouTube. It, it was about me in purgatory because we had the assignment was uh, design your purgatory, like design your hell. Gosh. Um, <laughs> and, what a thing to ask high school students to do. Oh, yeah, my goodness. I know. I wouldn't want a college professor to tell me to do that. so i yeah uh the my purgatory, my purgatory is someone asking me to design my purgatory my purgatory was the basically an empty world where a faceless figure feeds off of your fear and f- feeds off of your anxiety yeah that sounds uh, terrible it's it was the worst and i um <laughs> i guess you achieved the goal i yeah um but it because the, the whole thing is centered around beauty I have a I have a a too long scene of me um, committing suicide. Oh boy! Um, it's it's it it's very intense, especially yeah. now because um, we I didn't have any prop guns. Oh um, boy! So I had like I had like a legit firearm <laughs> that was unloaded that I w- was using. Um, oh no! And Did your t- parents know where you were at this time? Oh yeah, they knew exactly where I was because uh, my mother was in the room while I was doing it, supervising. Yeah, supervising. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean that was like a big, uh, a big step. But the yeah. the real the real step that really solidified that I was going to be switching back was in junior year. We had another project where it was like, do anything you want. Um, it just has to, it was in history and it was okay. do anything you want and you have to do it in between these time periods. Oh, like about a certain time yeah, period? Yeah, about, okay, about a, gotcha. certain, a certain event that was between, I think, post-world, it was just post-World War Two. Okay. And so I had just watched Full Metal Jacket mm-hmm. for the first time and that blew my brain mm-hmm. um, how beautiful that film was and how tragic Kubrick was able to the capture these people in this world mm-hmm. um and how dreadful the whole thing felt and I was like I'm going to do a Vietnam film. Oh boy. And I went to my teacher and he said I love this. Wow. He was very supportive. Uh Chris Cook was very was kind of the person who got me back into filmmaking because okay, he cool. gave me so much freedom. Right. Um he was like listen I don't care what the school says. You can curse all you want. Uh, I want to see blood. He he showed me the scene from Rushmore, the Wes Anderson oh, film, yeah. where he he constructs a Vietnam scene, mm-hmm. and he's like, "I want you to do this." And to a kid who already had a hard time in art class, trying to like hold in his his like need to to make the greatest thing ever mm-hmm. um that was probably not the best thing for him to say <laughs> i wrote a 40 page script oh my in gosh microsoft word <laughs> um and my producer ethan landis was my rock he he was the one that kept me from turning this into apocalypse now too <laughs> yeah and we we have a whole lot of land on on our school property that's mm-hmm. just woods uh we just shot it there 
Mm. Um, it looks nothing like Vietnam because <laughs> Oklahoma's right. foliage, does, but we didn't care. Yeah. We brought airsoft guns that looked like real guns. Mm -hmm. Um, and I bought a gallon of fake blood. I bought, um, five, um, military uniforms with my own money. <laughs> wow. We made it over the course of like two months, mm -hmm. like just every, anytime we, we had after school, um, we'd go and do it on weekends. Mm -hmm. We'd go and do it. We shot in the rain. We shot right. um, when it was freezing cold outside. We only got one complaint from the school. Actually, hmm. actually two complaints. Um, it was from somebody com that wasn't really a part of the school. The first one, uh, a, a parent was worried because they saw um, a bunch of bunch of people in uh, camo <laughs> with a car outside of the woods pulling out guns from the car. <laughs> and so the security came over and my mom's a, it's a fair concern. Yeah, it's a very fair concern. <laughs> I... <laughs> I'm glad that they did that. It made yeah. me feel a little bit more safe about where I where I was going to school. Yeah. But my my mom, everybody knows me there, right? Because um, it's a it's a small private school, and they're like, "Oh, Jake," and they knew exactly what it was, and they're like, "Just go into go deep in the forest. Right. Don't, don't, make sure nobody sees you." <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the other time was uh after my death, because I was the only one who wanted all the fake blood on poured on him. Cause I was the uh -huh. I was the kid that like, if you told him to do something, he'd you'd pr I'd probably do it. Right. Um. Cause mainly because I wanted validation from people, but yeah. you know, I I guess that as it, kids do, as kids do, and as I guess what I'm going into the entertainment business, I still want to do. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> um, let's just make a career out of it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know that's 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 what I thought about. <laughs> um. But I I I was literally covered from from the head to um to my stomach in blood hmm. um and I scared um my history teacher's daughter who was there at the time um and then unrelated to that blood incident I had another blood scene um and I forgot to wash it off when I was going to my oh, therapist no. oh my god um so I walked into the the waiting room with this military garb on yeah. um with like fake blood coming off the side of my face um and everybody's like looking at me like what the hell has this kid been up to right like this looks like peak militia he's about to go to the border to do some bad things yeah. but we got it made after a lot of lot yeah. of error and what a, was your, a lot of stress uh, what was your teacher's response uh, he loved it really he wow. absolutely loved it he the um he thought that we were able to portray the psyche of the teenage um the teenage uh, soldier pretty pretty well wow because um, we did our research yeah. um it, we weren't just like making a vietnam film to make a vietnam film like yeah. we, we actually did the put in the research getting that validation from your teacher was that like a big moment it, it actually really w wasn't the teacher it was more just the fact that i had made it right yeah like just and I, and I, yeah and i was showing it to people yeah um and it was like the biggest thing i had made mm -hmm. and it, the there was just it just felt like a drug. Like I, I just right. immediately was like, no, I, I am one hundred percent. This gotcha. is what I'm doing. I, I, I had already um, applied to SCAD at this point. Okay. Um, and I had already put myself down as an illustrator, hmm. um, uh, which kind of sucked because they didn't switch it um, freshman year. So oh, really? I was in a, um, what was that the 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 extra class that we took freshman year. 
um, where we were just with a bunch of people. Fye. Fye. Yeah. yeah, I was in first year experience. Yeah, yeah, I was in I was in first year experience with a bunch of like illustrators and and <sighs> painters and not filmmakers. Yeah, so my, that's mine was like mine was all film students. So that's probably why you didn't see me because yeah. I I was I was it, starting out at SCAD. I was with the wrong crowd. <laughs> but like because of scat yeah, that's really interesting yeah not not in a bad way because right. I, I love all all the people that i met but right. it was like um the the i would have probably have made more projects with right. people and not by myself if right. i were to um have have met people at fye probably right do you think that watching a lot of movies and researching them and knowing about film history and stuff like that like you do makes you a better filmmaker and i posed that question because in a couple episodes ago i interviewed julia corinne and she said like she's not a huge avid movie watcher and she said that she thinks that watching too many movies can maybe negatively influence your views because then at the end of the day you're gonna make what you've seen and like not to, i mean there's no right or wrong answer everyone feels differently but i think it's interesting takes from two different filmmakers so what do you think does that do you feel more well-rounded as a filmmaker knowing all about these other type like other genres of cinema and stuff like that yes with a hard period <laughs> i i so it, i guess how do you avoid rewriting the movies that you've already seen so the like that for me that kind of idea comes from if you if if you watch a lot of tarantino or you watch because right. like the it, when you go to when you go to film school, um, the stereotypes you you have you have the stereotypical film kids. You got the Wes Andersons, you got the Tarantinos, yep, and you got the the Scorseses, yep. You have like the the music video kids, and there's a couple other ones, but those are kind of the main ones that you usually see. Yeah, um, and I think like, and a lot of the and the reason this is is because. A lot of my background, again, because I started out with drawing and right. I went back into painting. A lot of a lot of what I know comes from art history. Hmm. Um, I I re I I was really I'm big into history, and I um, when I w was painting, I would research the shit out of out of all the eras of painting. Um, I can I can tell you when modernism started and hmm. when it ended. And that's one of the the things when you when you're researching history, like no matter what you do, you're always making something off the backs of somebody else. Right. Yeah. And so, even if and and I hate the, that idea. And we were just talking about it before the podcast about the the nine nine stories mm -hmm. that everything falls into. Mm -hmm. I don't really believe in that, no. um, but I do believe in the fact that. Um, one person poses an idea with a piece of art and then somebody poses a new another idea with that piece of art that might conflict with it right and from that another artist can bring a synthesis between the two of them mm -hmm. and it it builds like that and that's the same thing with with politics same thing with with everything the thesis the th the antithesis and the synthesis mm -hmm. and i think if you don't have that you kind of you're kind of missing a, a strong opportunity to find. And I think, and going back to how do you avoid copying what you do, mm. um, don't, don't copy so broadly. Like when, right. When, when right. I, when I'm filming something or whenever I'm thinking of an idea and I'm like, Oh, this kind of reminds me of this. Mm -hmm. I'm not thinking that I'm going to shoot it exactly like this. Right. Um, 
but I'm like, this has the same feel. Like you, you deep cuts are the most important thing as a filmmaker or as an artist to understand who came before you. Right. And maybe if you want to be pretentious, perfecting what they did, mm-hmm. um, or just um, understanding what made those moments so good mm-hmm. and then trying to replicate that yourself in the situation that you have gotcha. um, is is kind of where... So I, I guess I agree, but I also disagree because right. I, I... And again, I'm like... Yeah. I'm just posing the, no, the question. No, I totally... There's, I to, there's truth to it all, of yeah, course. 100%. Yeah. I, it, again, the thesis and the antithesis yeah, exactly. and we'll make a synthesis at some point. Yeah. Let's dive into Carrots, which okay. is your... Super cool senior thesis film, but before even before we want to, I want to talk about carrots. Um, I want to talk about like the decision that you were forced to make at the beginning of <laughs> senior one, at the beginning of this quarter, to either make carrots or to make a different senior thesis film. So real quick, give a quick like logline of what carrots is. Uh, carrots is about a teacher who is attempting to feed a very picky student who has forgotten his lunch. And this is based off of the real-life events of yours truly (laughs) uh, as his second-grade teacher force-fed him baby carrots. Perfect. Yeah. That's it. There you go. And then your other potential senior thesis. Um, That was based on the... the true first lynching in Oklahoma's history. This one's a little harder to, because I I haven't been thinking about it in a while. I know. I don't even, what's the title? I don't remember the title. It it was called Russ. Oh, right. Um, Right. uh, So Russ uh, was about a sheriff uh, who has seen seen all of the West Mm -hmm. and thinks um, civilization is the way to go and the civilized man is the future. And when he sees the lynching of this young black man, um, he starts to question whether it's um, whether it's nature or society that is the true enemy of mm. man. Yeah. So very different movies. <laughs> Completely different. Could not movie. be more different yeah. movies. But I wanted to explore having to make those tough decisions because I think a lot of people especially filmmakers, I mean, we're always having to compromise about things, will relate to having to choose, like, okay, what are you going to do? And basically the question was, like, well, Russ is a huge project. It's, uh, I mean, they're both period pieces. One is, like, early 2000s, and the other one is, like, a Western. So obviously need more PD for Russ. Mm-hmm. Um, harder to find PD, I'll say. Yeah. I don't want any production designers to, <laughs> to get mad at me. Russ would require a much bigger budget, much crazier locations and stuff. And then like carrots was like your backup and carrots, you can still a period piece still requires like a lot of PD. Um, but you have the option of shooting in your hometown and it doesn't require as much of a budget. So was it hard to come to the decision that you had to put Russ, which you've been working on for a while on the back burner and decide to do carrots. Not that, and what you were worried about at the beginning of the quarter is like carrots isn't as effective. And then you mm-hmm. pitched carrots and everyone in our class was like, you have to do carrots. It's perfect. It's mm-hmm. a, it's an amazing script and it's, I, I absolutely can't wait to see it. But yeah. what, like, how did you it was, come to that? And I know obviously a lot of it was um, advice from uh, professor Lubo, our senior one professor and students, but was that rough to 
decide that? Extremely. Yeah. I because I I mean the the this discussion went back even to the very beginning of trying to write Russ. Right. Um, when I told my I I was at dinner with my with my family and I was like, hey, so I want my I think I'm gonna want my senior thesis to be a western, and they were like. <laughs> Well, why why that? Yeah. And I'm like, well, because I, most of the things I've been making have been like about me, yeah, and have been very introspective and slightly slightly pretentious and about like existential woes that a college student goes through. Like it's all the basic things, right? Um, and so I was like, I just want to make something fun. I want to make like a a genre piece um, that's just like thick in its genre um, and and just go go all out with yeah. it. Yeah. And my family was like, well, you don't have anything for that. And I'm like, mm. yeah, I, I, I understand. <laughs> but <laughs> but I think if the idea is strong enough, I can find something. Mm -hmm. And they had already known about carrots because I, I told them about it. And they're like, right. well, why don't you do carrots? You you wrote it last year. Like, you you haven't r written this script yet. Right. Um, just start working on, on this idea during the summer. And I was like, okay, carrots will be my backup. But I'm... I, I, for myself, I need to write this script because mm -hmm. I, I like even if it doesn't get made, even even if it doesn't get made, because it's it I will will regret it for the rest of my life. I mm. will I'll be like, what if I had made that western uh, for my senior, and what if mm. what if Scad had made it with me, and right. like I would I would have been able to actually make this western. Yeah, and so I spent all of this all summer from from day one to um right before our class started <laughs> wow um researching the hell out of out of oklahoma history because i knew e even without um even without it being a western i knew i wanted mm. to make something that was about oklahoma i wanted to make something right. that was about where i'm from um because that's like the best chance i have right which is you ended up doing in carrots yeah you I, know? I, it went full circle which yeah. i think is great yeah um but i i i was in the library for for long hours hmm. um uh looking through old microfilm yeah um and looking at old uh pictures and and stories about the history of oklahoma um uh i could probably write a sh a, a short short story about about like Tulsa's inception and the right. Tulsa race riot because mm -hmm. um, that was what it was originally going to be about was mm -hmm. the race riot but then I realized that was extremely big that mm -hmm. would have involved a lot of moving parts that I didn't think I was going to be capable of having but I, f I found this smaller story yeah I found this the smaller tale um, about a town in Oklahoma mm -hmm. that dealt with this somewhat of a standoff between um, a lynch mob and um, the police department, mm -hmm. and I was like, "Well, that's great because it's it's a one place location. Right. Um, I don't I don't need to go anywhere else besides the, this one location. The conflict is already there. Yeah, they they want something, and the the uh, other people don't want to give it to them. So you saw it as entirely doable. Yeah, I saw it, I hmm. saw it as very believable. Um, right. to to be made. Mm -hmm. I, I was like, all I need is a strong PD. Yeah. Um, and we we could really really put this together, but I kind of got lost. Um, yeah. Because it I if I if I haven't said it before, I I get very I I, I have high hopes for a lot of things that I make. Um, 
which I think everybody does. I think that's a good thing. Yeah, it, yeah, because yeah. if you don't, if you right. if you're already going off like, oh, this is not gonna be. Yeah, that then great. like, why do it? Yeah, why are you yeah. doing it? The um, but I had these grand aspirations for what the project was gonna be, and I mm-hmm. was like, man, this could be like, this could be because um, and this will probably sound very narcissistic in a way, but. I grew up with with the YouTube lists for films, like that that like Watch Mojo, Watch Mojo, especially Watch Mojo, <laughs> um, and Cinefix later on, right? Um, with the more detailed lists, mm-hmm. um, but uh, so while I would be making projects and stuff, I would be hearing the voices of of the the lady from Watch Mojo mm-hmm. or um um what's his face from cinefix yeah um commenting on the film and saying like the best parts of it and i know that sounds super narcissistic and i i i do not believe that anything that i make will like get to that level but it's something that like keeps me going yeah as like a person because if i'm not if i don't feel like what i'm making will change lives right then i then i'm gonna it's gonna fall flat my teachers told me like if i don't feel like there is a purpose to what i'm doing then i'm not gonna be doing it i think that's a totally fair point yeah um and i think it's important for everyone to find their own like definition of that yeah so whenever you came to senior one and then you pitched russ and then carrots and everyone loved carrots was that a relief it was it was slightly a relief because for me i thought carrots i i i couldn't i didn't i couldn't find anything with carrots for Hmm. at at first like when when i first wrote it in in my screenwriting class uh, people enjoyed it yeah and they liked a little bit of the symbolism but i was kind of like "Eh, this, this isn't a big movie this isn't something that like people would be interested in watching hmm. about a kid having to be fed a carrot like <laughs> like no nobody nobody's gonna find this remotely funny right like this is only gonna be funny for my family and i and i was mm. like i want to make something that actually matters and i was right. like i want to do something about race and i want to have a nuanced take mm. on racism um which me being a white man is probably not what i should be exploring <laughs> necessarily but uh, it was it was like, because I, I wanted to do something with Oklahoma, and I was like, mm-hmm. that's something that hasn't been explored really right. with our state yet. And so I wanted to I wanted to be one of the people to, yeah, be the 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 starters of that. And I thought carrots was like, oh, there's some political elements to it. It's not mm-hmm. it's not very, it's, it doesn't have very strong, like right. um political beliefs or whatever mm. it, it's just very eh. and so mm. i felt i felt people were gonna be like, uh, like it's cute yeah it's it's a cute idea but i i mean i i definitely think that russ has the stronger ideas but mm-hmm. when everybody enjoyed it it really it opened it opened my head honestly it it, it mm. finally it finally it was the final hit that 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 russ needed to to get out of my mind Hmm. It was it was, interesting. Cause, okay. Because like, even even whenever I would like go go into carrots and be like, okay, what if I was to make carrots? While I hmm. was still working on Russ, Ru- right. Russ would still be in the back of my head. Yeah. I would I would be like, I can't shake it. I can't shake it because mm-hmm. I I feel like this is a much more important story. Yeah. Um. But and the, the beauty of it is, is that it's not like Russ is gone. No. You know, it's you still have that. I uh, assume a thousand page PDF. <laughs> of all of your concept and stuff yes, for it. so I it's do. obviously still there um but i do remember because i i pick you up 
and drive us both to class. And so I would, early on in the quarter, be asking about like, so how's the decision going? And I don't know, I guess I remember you being in a better spot whenever everyone loved carrots. Yeah. I, it, I, it was like, everyone in the class was like, this is amazing. Yeah. They, One, the, the story's hilarious. Yes. And two, like, there's so much... Um, opportunities for comedy mm-hmm. and like subtle comedy and overt stuff and it's just there's just a bunch of room to do all this amazing stuff so now you are 10 weeks into or I guess you know eight or nine weeks into being fully sold on carrots and you know prepping to shoot in your hometown over spring break what has been the biggest challenge in pre-production that you faced I think I think it is the the um push to to shoot back home right because i i was thinking that i would shoot it here yeah at first i thought um i was like oh i could find a a school here but right as i started looking it didn't feel right (laughs) yeah my 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 heart wasn't set on anything that i was looking at i um and i and i kept just thinking about the way lee elementary looks or Mm -hmm. the way tulsa looks Mm -hmm. um and thinking like that that is that is a voice in the story even yeah. even if even if it isn't there right like even if nobody says like after it's made like that was in Tulsa yeah this was yeah. this the city had a character I for myself I I knew the, right. the place had a character and I and I knew exactly where I'd want to shoot it mm-hmm. and I knew that I could have opportunities to shoot there mm. um because a lot of the play because like I had said Tulsa isn't very poppin' for the film world, <laughs> so it's... Um, they call it Hollywood 2.0. <laughs> they call it nowhere. <laughs> the, but the, yeah, the... So there's there's a lot of, like, chances that people will be welcoming to to right. films, and they, right. won't, they won't... And I remember that whenever I would be shooting things. Yeah, that's exactly what I experienced yeah. with 38 last summer. Again, yeah. like, I mean, Cinetopia is way smaller than Tulsa, there's no film industry there. I didn't go to the Cinetopia Film Commission. Yeah, exactly. Everyone was like, wow, you're shooting a movie. That's insane. Yeah. And I'm like, sure is. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> so, yeah, I think taking advantage of that is huge. And Professor Lubo, like, immediately recognized that and could tell, like, you have to shoot in Tulsa. Yeah. You know? It, it, it's, it, well, and it's interesting, um, going back to the choice about Russ, mm. um, this 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 has been a cycle that has been going on in my life forever um cuz i'm a guy with high aspirations for things mm-hmm. so like this this happens with every project that i go on every project that i start working on i have these huge hopes for something and it gets shut down and then i go oh okay i'm just going to do this small thing that's not going to be very good hmm. and once i present it a lot of people enjoy it and so i think like a good I guess advice is even if it's a even if it's a choice that you don't believe in, somebody will enjoy it. Hmm. Like I, because which would make you believe in it exactly. Yeah, I because the the majority of shorts that I've I've shot at at um at my time here at SCAD have been me thinking of these this grand story. Yeah, and then the logistics falling through, and usually it's just me. By myself mm-hmm. and I'm like shit I have to put something together and right. it's gonna be just me and it's gonna be the most whatever project ever but I 
I do it and mm -hmm. I present it in class and and people really enjoy them. Right. And so it, it makes me feel good because it's like yeah. and it, and this again same thing happened with painting. I would I would try to do these this intricate enlightenment baroque era yeah. renaissance like hyper realism painting but that's just not who i am right i can't i, I i'm not meticulous i'm not tedious mm -hmm. um i am very much more an expressionist painter mm. i i take large large brush strokes and make these big blocky s symbols mm -hmm. of what i'm trying to do and that's what i'm good at right and i think my my subconscious has not understood that I'm the best when it when it comes to simplicity, not complexity. Hmm. Um, even though I okay, even though I try to be complex, right? I I over conceptualize things and it right. falls apart. And it's the simpler things mm -hmm. that I don't think about that actually become standing. And so that with right. carrots, um, and and that's kind of been a lot. Uh, one of the issues really has been like. That it's been it's felt too simple in mm. a way like i'll be like oh we gotta we have to do this this and this but then like i think about it like write it down and i go oh that's that's there's just small things it's like mm. whatever and that's why the biggest thing for me is getting everybody to tulsa right so what are the challenges i mean obviously in the same way with like blueberries like shooting in our respective hometowns we can get a lot of housing for free, a lot of food donated, a, a lot of hopefully all locations for free. Mm -hmm. But what is like the biggest con of shooting there? The biggest con is um, like flying everybody out right. because uh, uh, as much as I love a good road trip, I don't think <laughs> it's any... a little bit over road trip. Time. No, no. Yeah. yeah it's a, nobody wants to be road tripping 14 hours to Tulsa, Oklahoma. <laughs> like I said, we're the city that you pass through. Exactly. Not the city. Not a you, destination. Not a city. destination city. And they say, you know, it's all about. It's not about the destination. It's the. Uh, it's the, the way there. Yes, yeah, it's the about journey. the journey. But when your journey is through, when it, your journey the is through southeast U.S. <laughs> when your when your journey is through fucking Tulsa, you know, people get upset. <laughs> yeah. I don't get upset. I get right. excited. Yeah, exactly. Because uh, I love my city. Right. But. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I've been dealing with. Um, having to try and get everybody there and equipment and equipment there yeah. safely yeah. Um, and in a, in a way that wouldn't take an eternity <laughs> yeah exactly uh, um, so flying is probably our best option mm -hmm. um, and we have we have a couple of ways of doing things um, we have everybody else flying Delta mm -hmm. um, my father actually has a nice plane not for anybody listening it is a little propeller plane yeah. not a which i think is a lot cooler uh, than a private jet in my opinion <laughs> i i love it um, i would love those little he, planes um, that's the first like a, I, the first time i ever flown in a plane was with aviation merit badge and boy scouts and it was in a plane like that it's 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 great i don't think he thinks that i think it's cool but i i, <laughs> I love that he he's got his aviation license yeah. and i love that he has his plane and he's able to Instead of going golfing, he goes and flies the plane now, so which cool. I think is is just awesome. Yeah, because he's just wanted to do that since he was a kid, right? right? And I ma it makes me happy that he's yeah. able to live that out finally, right? Um, and now I get to use it for my own monetary gain. <laughs> um, so yeah, what a full circle. <laughs> yeah, what a full circle. Um, but the um, we're definitely going to try and utilize that mm -hmm. um, to 
ship equipment because yeah. I ain't putting no scat equipment on a Delta flight. No. I already get dinged up enough on a Delta flight. I don't need yeah. a red getting dinged up on a Not Delta a good flight. Idea. No. Yeah. Or any camera or piece of genie equipment. I'm imagining you walking into the plane and in the overhead bin you just put like two C stands. <laughs> I, I bring in a whole a whole mambo. I, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just lay it on the floor and I'm like, guys, just watch out. It's, yeah. it's on the floor. I put a sandbag on it. <laughs> don't worry, it's locked down. It's, it's locked not, down. You guys are good. Yeah, you guys are all good yeah. there. So to fly all these people out and to pay for all the production design um, that you're going to do, you're going to be raising some money. I'm going to be raising some money. And like we were discussing in Senior One today, we're recording this like a lot sooner than your campaign is actually coming out. So to give people perspective, this is Monday, November 11th when we're recording this. Sorry to... uh, to pull the curtains back. And, oh my and God. <laughs> and oh my God. Ruin it for, this isn't live. Why are you naked? <laughs> Why am I naked? How did you get me naked? It's the power of the podcast. Oh my God. How did I even get here? Did you chloroform me? Oh yeah. Oh, well there you have it. <laughs> <laughs> so you were telling me today in class that like you're considering using a seed and spark campaign um, because our friend Sammy, who's in our senior one class that I've already interviewed, is doing seed and spark. And there are definitely some interesting perks to doing it on that platform. But either way, whether it's an Indiegogo campaign or a seed and spark campaign, you're going to be raising money. Yes. And do you know, have do you have like any idea about how much? Um, I assume like at least five. Yeah, at least five because that... Right. That... Five will get everybody. Five, not five dollars. <laughs> really cheap flights, guys. <laughs> no, um, it's those flights where you have to pay for them to give you oxygen. Yeah, it's the it, it's we're actually shipping everybody through a cannon. <laughs> yeah. Um. No, but it, five grand. Um. Because that will comfortably get everybody there and actors if we get actors out of state, which I'm right. hoping we don't need to. But right. If we do, then that that's that'll cushion cover. there but i yeah. definitely think depending on some other fundraising opportunities that i'm doing that are not necessarily crowdfunding right like grants and grants stuff like and stuff i um it'll probably be higher or lower depending on um, right what that is okay gotcha so um, um for those people who are listening right now they can go into the description and the first link in the description will be a link to your fundraising campaign yes whatever that is whether it's seed and spark or indiegogo um, that or will just be, a PayPal account. <laughs> that, will, that will be open on... Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, what are some of the perks that you're wanting to uh, give to people for donating? Do you have any ideas? Oh, yeah. I have... I, cause, cause I'm not lot, surprised. <laughs> a, a lot of the... Uh, a lot of the story, which we haven't necessarily got into yet, right. um, uh, we might get into later, mm-hmm. um, uh, there's a lot of political undertones yes. uh, to a lot of the things that are going on. So the idea of a campaign is really something <laughs> that I love. Um, and so I really would... I just made that connection. Yeah. <laughs> the So the, the there's a lot of things like pins mm-hmm. or um, bumper stickers. I would love for somebody to have a Carrots 2020 bumper sticker. Oh, that's and good. Nobody, and, and it'd be stuck on the back of their car <laughs> forever. forever. <laughs> and they, they'll look back 40 years later and say, why the hell do I have a yeah. Carrots 2020? <laughs> was was Carrots the name of some random yeah. Democratic third candidate? Party, yeah. yeah, third party. Why am I Carrots? But I, I just, I, I love that idea. Yeah. Um, I, d- I don't want to go like too big. 
but like right. banners and posters mm-hmm. are are small things that I think you can wear with anything. Like right now, I'm wearing right. a um, Land Before Time button, right, um, or pin. Uh, uh, if you th- believe that a button is a pin, um, <laughs> <laughs> it's very 2019 of you. Very 2019 of me. Um, but uh, the, they're like they're they're easy to put on. They're like and they like show support in the in the smallest way possible. Yeah. And I I definitely think like even even with the lowest tier. Because most yeah. people just do a thank you. I I will still send a button yeah. to you. And the great thing is is that you can get those made in bulk. Yeah. And then it ends up to it's where it's like very cheap per, it's, per it, item. It's so. extreme. Yeah. So uh, like anybody who wants to see some dank ass carrots merch. Link in bio, link baby. Link in bio, <laughs> baby. You, do you think Kanye's new like <laughs> merch merch is like just as cringy? Get wait, get ready to see Jake's cringy carrots merch. <laughs> JCCM Jake's cringy carrots merch. <laughs> That's what your Shopify will be called. Brought to you by JC <laughs> Um. So you you mentioned that there are um, some political undertones, maybe overtones in some ways. Yeah, yeah, um, a little bit. <laughs> really quick, because um, I know we could delve into that and all of the different fun things you can do with it for hours <laughs> upon end. Um, but really quick, like explain how politics like relates to this idea at all. Whenever the way you pitched the idea, like you're like, hey, when I was in second grade, my teacher forced fed me carrots because I'm a picky eater. And then it's like, also, Republicans. <laughs> like, so explain that connection. I will gladly. <laughs> so um, when, I was, when I was writing the story, um, I, had, I had a decision to make right, right off the bat. And the decision was, do I make myself the protagonist or do I do something radical? <laughs> um, and in my head, I thought... If I do, if I tell the story from my perspective as a, at that time, 2004, 2005, I would have been seven or eight. It would be the most traumatic short film to ever come out of SCAD. Right. Um, And so I had, I had the radical decision to have my teacher be the protagonist um, who in in the film is named Miss Zinch. And that was another... uh point of discussion in yeah. our senior one class with our professor yes it very much was <laughs> about the boy when writing for miss miss zinch um because it, now i'm in a completely different different realm it's right. not um it's not my my story now it's mm-hmm. her story and so i i know it from my perspective but i don't know it from her perspective right so i had to come up with why she wanted to feed me carrots and i knew why right because um going into the story a little bit mm-hmm. uh we went on a field trip to the zoo and in some wacky fashion when you have <laughs> divorced parents sometimes things are forgotten and um I, my lunch was forgotten that day um uh, and miss inch was very worried about my my health because mm-hmm. I wasn't eating anything all day, all day, and yeah. so she wanted to feed me something, and so I, I knew that 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 was the core right. thing, but that doesn't make for like that interesting of a character. Like you yeah. know, you know she's caring, yeah. but you don't know like anything else about her. Right. And so it wasn't until I 
going back to my love of history, I, I was like, well, w when did this take place? What mm -hmm. what was the time period? And so I I then came it, it came to me like immediately mm -hmm. once I started thinking about it was um, no child left behind. Uh, that is the saying that she she runs with. And that's mm -hmm. the saying that she she builds off of, mm -hmm. and that that little that little chink, um, explored a deep mine of ways that I could I could tell some of this in a way that brings the ideas not just from a personal level but then mm -hmm. to a macro level that more people can understand. Mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, people can understand having a shitty teacher, right? But um, having the macro of like the time period and the context of what's going on in the in the world mm -hmm. specifically in Oklahoma uh, as i've brought up like in Oklahoma uh around 2004 2005 um we were really concerned about uh the health of of kids mm -hmm. um the health of kids was very important um mainly because we were the second i think it we we were the third the second or third most obese state, toe to toe with Old Mississippi. Oh, Old Mississippi. <laughs> yep. And so, and and so, the school system was really trying to push for um, keeping kids healthy right. in both physically and um, medically, because mm -hmm. there was a big campaign to have you forcibly wash your hands. Right. Um, it was called the "Don't Bug Me." Um, mm -hmm. campaign. Anybody from Oklahoma that's listening will probably 100% know the jingle. Right. Uh, and I played it for them in class uh, <laughs> yeah. a couple of times and they've hated it every time. <laughs> um, but it was it was a point where we had run out of, of supplies to mm -hmm. um, vaccinate um, like kids with the flu. So they the best their best bet was just to continually tell people wash your hands, wash your hands, keep washing your hands. Yeah. Every single time you touch a new thing, wash your hands. Yeah. Um, and so exploring exploring that and then thinking about the force feeding and mm. uh, then uh, knowing about Abu Ghraib, um, which was something that I I had seen as edgy jokes from family guy mm. but i had and i known about like the ideas of them but i hadn't actually seen them and when i started actually researching them it, it really like pulled something out of me that i was like holy this is horrible and that's the the torture stuff the torture in 2004 that's a real that's a, what a what a what a way of doing that down the torture stuff yeah but not to dive into torture but. yeah no it was a it was a whole it was a whole mess of photos yeah. that were that were revealed of yeah. of torture that that's was what happening. the torture report is about yeah exactly yeah. so the um or the report i guess yeah the report of the, yeah. the 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 film mm -hmm. um so it was great, uh, not great, but it was it was interesting <laughs> yeah. to to explore the world yeah. around this event and make something that was bigger than who I was, yeah. and bigger than the event itself, mm -hmm. um, and give it a bit more of a of a context of a of a general scope. Yeah, because I think a lot of short like student shorts and stuff think about the story, which is important. Yeah, but I think what what stands out for most people when when they're watching something is the tone and the world i i know more people that that 
will enjoy the characters because the world is more fascinating yeah. in the story. Because, um, like, you could have, like, a... Um, an everyman or mm -hmm. like a the straight man mm -hmm. in a story and have a world filled with wacky characters mm -hmm. but it's still like a really interesting world that you want to right. explore once upon a time in hollywood has done it beautifully this year um tarantino was able to craft 1969 um, uh to 1970 so perfectly in a way that you just feel like you're there mm -hmm. um and that's that's something that i enjoy from my from my from my past and loving history and my past of of loving society and like how society grows from certain things yeah um so it um it's been it's been a wild ride yeah it, it, every, everything has built up the the george bush stuff was mm. that had just kind of like come out recently mm -hmm. um not come out but just like yeah the 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 ellen issue mm. was a a, a huge thing it it made me happy it made me giddy <laughs> which probably wasn't you're like i can use this yeah, I, yeah. I, it was it was something that i could i could feed off of when i'm thinking about about mm -hmm. my film right um and it, all of this has helped build the the smaller elements right like, even though it's it's big stuff yeah. like i'm not thinking about having me be put on like Put on black robes and and right. stuff, and then get electrocuted. Like I'm thinking of the color of the dingy bathroom where this is this part takes place, and that's going to be um this that's going to be what is referencing mm -hmm. Abu Ghraib or that something like of that yeah. nature. It's it like I said, like deep cuts. Right. The specific more specific you are, the more powerful something that you make is I, right. I always find it so insane um, with filmmakers or just artists in general who don't want to explore every every aspect mm -hmm. of a film or, or a piece of art mm -hmm. like um, when when I hear on like set where they're they're not like talking about how the lights are gonna look or how mm -hmm. things are gonna feel and you've seen from my um, extensive director's book that I I like to think about all of those yeah. things um, straight right down to how the how it is framed like the aspect ratio right which I had been fighting over whether I was gonna do two to one I love two to one I'm doing two to one two yeah. to one's good um, and it would have been it would be good to show the the world mm -hmm. um, but I think for for my film of the which is gonna be four four by three mm -hmm. um, it fits the historical context because it fits with that kind of like VHS or like right. standard definition TVs that were right. popular at the time. Yeah. Um, but it also delves into like the claustrophobia of the mm. film itself because yeah. that, that that at the end of the day that's it's still about the characters and the right. event that happened um, yeah. that fateful day. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> that fateful day. That fateful day when Miss Zinch decided to force feed a carrot to Jake Redmond. Yeah. <laughs> so, obviously, from what I have seen in our Senior One class and from what everyone has just heard from your, your research and your pre-production process, you've thought about everything mm -hmm. and will continue to think about everything as you get closer to your actual shoot dates at the end of uh, this upcoming quarter, what are you most looking forward to? I'm looking most forward to the production design. Hmm. I'm super excited about 
what I want to create in the background of mm -hmm. every shot because the um the world that I want to create isn't necessarily a hundred percent accurate to what right. the world actually was. It's a little heightened and a little bit more skewed um to the silly uh to yeah. kind of build off of some of the points and and some of the political references that we're mm -hmm. talking about um and so a lot of there's going to be like poster designs mm -hmm. um and exaggerated images of George Bush or um other political figures that were mm -hmm. popular at the time they're all going to be around the classroom or at the zoo or wherever wherever the scenes are going on mm -hmm. um it's it, it it's going to it's going to fill out that world into this extreme case of uh pro patriotic post 911 um Oklahoma that wasn't necessarily accurate but it was mm -hmm. something that um someone could feel right at least um, right and i can, i i was lucky to come from a from a background of of both sides mm -hmm. um so my dad's very conservative and my mom's very liberal mm -hmm. um so i'm able to see both sides of the coin yeah um and and i and it helps me to where like i don't i i'm not trying to i'm i'm making fun but it's not in right. a, it's not in a way that's like trying to punch down right it, it's yeah. it's in it's in context to the thematic statement yeah. which is hell is paved with the best intentions mm -hmm. um if the story took place in 2012 or something maybe right. i would i would it would lean more liberal in mm -hmm. in how how it's depicted right um but just the the time and place that it it it, it is that's kind of what's going on mm -hmm. um if you if you try to like punch down or you try to just straight make fun of of a certain thing, you're not you're not going to find the nuance and you're not going to find mm -hmm. those like subtle moments. And I th I think especially with the production design, we can find those small moments of humor, kind of right. like how the yeah. si the Simpsons or Futurama does it. All the visual comedy, yeah, where it's it, where it's not it's not something that's there like it, it's not something that's like distinct like it's mm -hmm. it, but if you see it again if you watch it again and you look f in the background you can mm -hmm. be like oh that there's a bunch of child paintings there that mm -hmm. look very similar to the ones that george bush paints mm -hmm. um and that's making fun of how how great of a painter he is <laughs> um that was the most sarcastic face hey George Bush, if you're listening to this, <laughs> I am asking for a commission for my poster and or a um a visual um uh thumbs up <laughs> for my project to put on on uh any sort of uh Indiegogo that would be amazing. Kickstarter. It would be it would be phenomenal cuz yeah. the man the man's administration did bad things, horrible things. <laughs> But the man himself can be very funny. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> and and that that for me, like, and my um and my dad and I will get into arguments about this, and and my and might kind of delve into some um ideas about uh where this all stems from, which is mm -hmm. like trauma, mm -hmm. um like why I remember this story. <laughs> right. Um, my my dad's like, why do you always remember the bad parts mm -hmm. of life? Why do you always remember the traumatic moments? And it, as traumatic as being force fed a carrot mm -hmm. is, I, 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 it's been 
it's been long enough now that I can right. see how absurdly hilarious yeah. the whole situation was. Yeah, exactly. I could see how, like, I can understand why she felt like that was the, the yeah. right option. Yeah. And I can see where I was at that point in my life. And mm -hmm. I can see it, that point in my life, I was eight. <laughs> but I, I could see, like, I could see the, the, the who the who I I was becoming and I can mm. I can be like it shaped who I am now obviously right. um but it, it it's it I I tr I try to look at those moments and laugh and I feel right and I think that's the I don't know that's the beauty of it that's the way in which audiences can relate to certain things where like we can't relate to the very specific story um but we can relate to like you have this maybe crazy kind of crazy teacher mm -hmm. and they're nice but they do this one thing and it's like you know lightly traumatic yeah like well <laughs> to it, a child at least some sometimes when i when i tell stories and if you know who if you know me i tell a lot of stories mm -hmm. <laughs> about my life because i <laughs> i have a really good memory um and sometimes i f like I, people get the wrong reaction. They'll be like, "Oh my god, that's right. horrible!" And I'm like, "No, what are you talking about? Right. It's funny. It's hilarious. Right? It's so good." Because yeah. um, may, maybe it's me like denying the pain or something. I, I don't think so. Well, yeah, but think... it's like, like the, where I'm like s subtracting it and mm -hmm. and thinking of it more as a, a story mm -hmm. and not as something that happened to me, maybe. And and, right. and I and I don't think I don't personally think that way, mm -hmm. but somebody. Like a like a psychologist, if they were listening to this, might be like, you yeah, know, he's repressing some really <laughs> dark shit that he really needs to get figured out. Right. Like, I I I think like the um like moments in my life that that might have might seem sad or very melancholic are the most beautiful points in my life because um, they're the things I'll remember forever. Yeah, exactly. And they're the things that that made me who I am. Mm -hmm. uh, they're the experiences that shaped my worldview mm -hmm. and everybody else has experiences like that that shape their worldview yeah. and if you're denying it stop it exactly get some help <laughs> <laughs> exactly and you know i think that's that's what i'm i'm so excited to see is how you you tackle that mm -hmm. that real story but with all these really fun twists that you're spending so much time thinking about and stuff like that and i know that everyone listening is excited to see it as well and I wish I could come work on it. We're both shooting at the same time in very different places. Yeah, um, you uh, you you decided to do spring break right after I decided to do hmm. spring break, and you decided to go to your hometown when <laughs> I decided to go to my hometown, and you decided to move to Tulsa, Oklahoma, and you decided to change your story to be a carrot farm instead of a blueberry farm, and you renamed yourself to John Redman, you, and you re <laughs> renamed yourself to John. George you renamed yourself to Dick Cheney. <laughs> well, Jake, this has been a bunch of fun. It has. A long overdue episode for us both. Yes. Not a long overdue for everyone else. No. And that's okay. Yeah. Because this is for us. Hopefully... People will like this episode enough. I hope they that will. I may come back. Oh, I would love may, to have you. And, I really want to have you back in post production because okay. I want to know how the shoot was. Yeah. Um, but again, like I said, the link to Jake's fundraising campaign is the first link in this description. Um, 
if the fundraising campaign is not up for some reason, then I'll just put a placeholder and say coming soon or whatever. But it'll probably be be up. So um, there will also be a link to the uh, Carrots Facebook page and um, all of Jake's information so you can go and support what he is doing. Um, thanks so much for letting us crawl into your mind. Your wacky brain. <laughs> I'm sorry that you had to go there. <laughs> no, it's been a fun time. It's been a really fun time. And uh, yeah, look forward to seeing a child portray you getting force-fed carrots. Yes. And now we can start the next podcast, which is specifically talking about the hit HBO show, Barry. Yes. And that'll come up right after this. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> <laughs>